Hey, it is L.A. Lloyd, and today Dexter Noodles from The Offspring is back to co-host The Rock 30 for their fifth time. It's so weird, uh, guys. Last time we interviewed uh, was April 7th, 2021, so we're almost like to the day, you know, 12 wow. months later. So is has things got a little bit better for you in the last 12 months? Not yet. <laughs> Unfortunately, no. <laughs> Uh, we've had a number of tours cancel because of different variants, you know, here and across the, the globe. And, uh, but we're, we got our fingers crossed that we're starting to come out we're uh, almost there. The, the end of almost this thing. There. Yep. So one thing I was reading, uh, this one's going to you, Dexter. Um, you know, you had said something to the like of, uh, you know, people like to say of the new album, it sounds like your old stuff. Now, does that make you happy to feel you know for people feeling like you know what you were doing two decades ago is is kind of what they're feeling on this new album or you know like the old saying if it ain't broke don't fix it or do you does that kind of perturb you a little bit when you hear fans say that no it doesn't at all um i think that the challenge for us is like you know we have sort of an identity the way we sound as a band but you don't want to feel like you're rehashing right if i felt like this album was like that then yeah, that would be a bummer, but I don't feel like that. I think that we've, we've gotten the, the best elements of who we are, but you have to try to kind of reinvent it at the same time. It's like, uh, we try to make it sound old, but new, right? We, we want that same kind of energy that we've always put into our, our records starting early on, uh, but maybe take it in some new directions musically without, you know, completely reinventing the wheel or, you know, doing a, a kid a, we haven't done our kid a yet or right. Sergeant Peppers. Uh, <laughs> That's you know. That's in the works. It's coming. Yeah, one day. You know, with that said, and and technology always advancing, you are probably able to do things, uh, you know, in a digital world that you couldn't do, you know, back in the late 80s, early 90s. I mean, has that changed the dynamic at all? Or can you kind of start overusing that and it gets a little bit uh, too polished, I guess? Technology allows us to spend many, many, many more hours in the studio <laughs> totally. than we ever could before. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, absolutely. Yeah. You could, you could try all these different parts and just kind of, you know, replug them in without losing, you know, without taping over what you had before. Yeah, right. So, um, you know, then you got to sift through it all and figure out, well, wait, which part was better the one I did 20 days ago or the one yeah. I did today, you know? Um, yeah. Well, so when you're working on your parts, you know, vocals or uh, guitar, I mean, do you do, you know, a ton of takes now just because it's so much easier to lay it down in a digital world? Or is it about the same as it was when you were, you know, using analog back in the day? Kind of depends on what we're doing. A lot of times what we're doing is we're writing the song as we're as we're doing our takes. It's not like I know the song and I'm going to play the part now and we'll just get the best take of that. You're experimenting while you're while you're actually recording. Gotcha. So you know it does it does change. Um, so it depends. Sometimes okay, I like that part done. Moving on, you know, or could it be better? You know, so you experiment. And we almost always go, well, it's pretty good, but could it be better? Mm. You almost always think it could be a little bit. Yeah, I guess that's got to be tough. Well, fortunately, you've got a guy like Bob Rock in your corner there who's worked with you on uh, the last three albums before that, Brendan O'Brien. I mean, when you talk about producers, you got two of the best there. So what are their similarities and, and what would you say is their biggest differences in the approach of, you know, the way that they work with you guys? That's a good good, uh, yeah. good question. Um, I know they're both phenomenal in terms of getting good guitar sounds. Um but not just limited to that, but they're both guitar players. So they, I think they kind of come primarily from that, that background and working with them on that's been phenomenal as a guitar player. It's a joy. 
both guitar players and both came up as engineers so they can they can do their own mixing which is which is great so it it always sounds really really great uh i don't know i think as far as the difference maybe uh uh brendan really wants to capture the spontaneous performance which is which is sometimes really great yeah and uh sometimes bob wants to uh probe you a little bit more what else could you do whatever which can mm-hmm. which right. also can be really great pushing pushing again getting back could could it be better let's see yeah <laughs> keep experimenting both of the guys are guitar players but from a vocalist standpoint uh dexter i mean what what is which one that kind of helps you more in, in the vocal thing is it the one who's saying let's push it a little bit harder or is like wow that was a really amazing spontaneous thing you just did uh, with your vocals there which which kind of helps you better overall which approach or which producer or what, yeah what you... yeah which 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 do you prefer i mean do you like the spontaneity more or do you like the one that goes let me push that voice just a little bit harder there dexter yeah i mean it really it depends on so many things the day and the song and you know if it's a really wild song then you kind of want a wilder performance yeah. you know if it's uh something like gone away i think the emotion is really key and mm-hmm. getting that right yeah. you know like and uh, a producer is so great because the the ear they can have for it like um when i went to the gone away piano thing it felt i felt very naked in the studio i was like uncomfortable and they're like we're going to turn off all the lights you can sing in the dark and in a weird way that actually kind of helped or whatever but you know the last chorus repeats and it feels it feels so far you know uh and <clears throat> like heaven so far away and um and bob said he goes can you almost make like like when you repeat it almost make it like you're talking it more mm. than singing it wow. so it comes across like that and i thought ooh, that's good <laughs> <laughs> So it's just kind of the little yeah. nuances that something, yeah, something that we wouldn't have, have thought of we on our own, you know, trying and, you know, b- both Bob and Brendan were great at that kind of, just, you know, offering suggestions like that. Right. Well, the album was almost complete before lockdown happened. And of course you had a record ready and you couldn't go out to tour it. So uh, when you started having that extra time, even though you may have thought some of the songs were done and, and that's it, did you decide yeah, let's go back and, and tweak on it a little bit more. And and if so, did you start going like, man, we, we got to stop doing this. It would drive ourselves crazy, you know? We absolutely went back and said, yeah. let's spend spend this time to give the album a once over. I mean, it, it had been basically finished and kind of mixed, but um, I'm actually really glad that we spent the time. I don't, I don't think it was overdone at all. I think it all, everything kind of came up a notch and it was really time. Well, well we, we eventually did hit that moment where we went, this is done. We're just... We're just, you know, kind of going through motions and the, the record's there. It's it's solid and it's done. And we eventually we had to just release it, let it, you know, give it out to the world. We've been some of these songs, we've been just dying for the well, all the songs. We just dying for the fans to get, you know, be able to wrap their ears around. Yeah. Last time we were together, we kind of revisited the early 90s when I was uh, in Virginia Beach uh, area there. And, you know, at the time, there was really only a handful of radio stations that were, you know, classified as alternative. So I guess you guys kind of came up during that uh, early beginning of what alternative really grew into here we are you know 30 years later uh, i have to say alternative at least from what i listen to today compared to then is quite different so is there an alternative <laughs> to the alternative if you will and and if so what are you what are you liking from bands who are classified in that genre today i mean it's, it seems to me it's completely different but maybe that's just me as a radio guy yeah, there's not as many loud guitars in alternative. What what is passing for alternative today? And and you know, as a guitar player, I miss that. Yeah. Uh, but I think there's still some some great 
great stuff happening on alternative radio, you know, uh, some of it that sounds a little bit more almost kind of adult contemporary to me. Right. You know? um, but it's still great stuff. It's crap. It's all crap. <laughs> That's the answer I wanted to hear right there. Damn it. Bring it, Dexter. No shit, man. That's good, dude. I love it. Uh, you know, you have so many songs to choose from now uh, that you can play live. Obviously, there's there's some expectations from the fans that you kind of have to play, if you will. But between the two of you, when you're working on, you know, set lists or whatever, I mean, is there a big debate? Do you kind of stay with the same list, you know, night after night or What's it like before you actually hit the stage and, you know, decide what you're going to play for that evening? Well, we know when when we go see a band and and they don't play their, you know, some of their biggest songs, we're going to be disappointed. Right. You know, so we, you know, and, and why wouldn't they play the songs that, you know, reach the, the majority of your audience? That's what you want to play first and foremost. We love all our songs. We do wish we could play some more of the deep cuts, you know, and we wish we could play every fan's favorite deep cut, but there's no way to get to them all. Yeah. You know, uh, so that's that's the struggle. So we do have a couple of rotating slots. and We try to rotate, you know, different the the deep cuts, you know, you know night after night, especially if we're in, in town for like a couple nights. Right. Switch it up, you know, for people that came both nights. Um, but even, you know, going from New York to Chicago or whatever, we'll mix it up a little bit here and there yeah. as much as we can. Yeah. Well, you, like I said, you got a big list to choose from, uh, yeah. you know, looking at your previous, uh, labels, Epitaph, Columbia, now Concord. I mean, all labels that have, uh, released your albums. And obviously like we were talking about, the music industry has changed quite a bit since, uh, the early nineties. But, you know, as you look back, um, you know, is is there one or two or three people like, you know, maybe not even in the promotion side, maybe A&R, or is there anybody that really kind of stands out that really, you know, you feel like, man, if it wasn't for this person, we might not be where we're at today? No, we did it all on our own. <laughs> <laughs> we got to take credit for that one. That one, yeah. No, there's, there's, we've worked with great people uh, throughout. You know, one guy that comes to mind, Jeff Abarta at Epitaph. Just yeah. popped into my head immediately. Like, who's who's just a really solid, you know, good, yeah. good guy, Jeff Abarta. You know, Brett did some really smart things with uh, giving our songs before anybody was, you know, before while it was still punk and underground and mm. stuff. He gave a lot of our songs to uh, like Taylor Steele, who made the Momentum Surf movies, uh, guys that did snowboarding, skateboarding videos, you know, uh, motocross stuff. Right. And the music really did kind of lend itself that the energy to all those movies. And and I think it really broadened our audience. It wasn't just punkers anymore. All of a sudden you had snowboarders and surfers and skateboarders and you know, all these other, you know, crazy extreme athletes and their girlfriends coming to the shows. <laughs> That's great, man. I really haven't thought about it from that aspect, but you're you're exactly right. The way they it just kind of turned into a lifestyle, just uh, and you guys were providing the soundtrack there. And now it's got to be Angelo, though, right? Angelo's our new favorite. Hey, Concord, <laughs> Angelo. Yeah. Angelo is great. It's, it's really fun being in Concord and working with Concord's great. Yeah. Angelo and Jill Weindorf, Tom Wally and all yeah. them. It's really yeah. cool. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned the uh, piano version of Gone Away. And that's kind of interesting that you said how you lowered the lights to kind of, you know, get into the mood of it, if you will, just because, I mean, you it was very raw and, and, and naked, as you described it. Um, was this something that the fans had, you know, obviously you were doing it live. Was this something that the fans had kept probing you about, about, you know, actually recording it? Or did you just as a band say, hey, you know, we've been doing it live. It's it's time to put this down and, and you know, get it out there that way as well. Yeah, it never occurred to us to record it. It was it was completely the fans. You're going to say something? No, that, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
it, it was that kind of organic, you know, for us, it was just a way to add a dynamic moment to the live show. But the fans kept saying, man, you got to record that. You got to record that. We took their advice. Yeah, it's it sounds great, man. And like I said, I thank you. You know, the thing that you that you kind of nailed on the head is just the emotion, man, because it's like it's almost like two different songs when you hear the original compared to the piano version. I mean, do you do you does it feel a little different when you perform it live, obviously, like that as well? It feels way different. Yeah. I mean, it kind of, I mean, it allows you to hear the words more, which is part of it. So it's a, it's a much different kind of connection. Yeah. I mean, that sounds cheesy, but it does feel emotional every night. Yeah, it does. Uh, Yeah. And it's a a part of the set that I really look forward to. Obviously it's an easier song to sing along when you do it that way. I mean, do you hear the fans singing along with this probably more than some of the other songs that even, you know, maybe a little bit more mellow? Oh, majorly. Yeah, a lot of a lot of singing, you know, all the phones and the lights are up and all that. And it's <laughs> yeah. it's a real moment, which is really it's really special. Right. While technology has made it easier for new bands to record their music, as we talked a little bit, you know, and, and even, you know, a lot of people are putting their music out there without a, a record deal just because of the way that things have changed. You know, if if the offspring was beginning again, uh, would you prefer to go the route that you went through, uh, you know, back in the 80s when that was kind of the way things were? Or would you say you you think you can make a go at it at you know the way that things are currently? Oh man, going back and second guessing, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think we were pretty fortunate to have come up the way we did. You know, we were on independent labels, and and so when you know when Smash took off, we that that was important to us to stay independent um, and, and stick with Epitaph, and we did throughout that whole cycle. And it really did kind of feel like we were the Davids taking on the Goliaths of the right. world. Yeah. Um, but also we didn't have, you know, Epitaph wasn't a label that said, you know, oh, I don't, I don't see any hits on this record. Go back and do it again. Yeah. Now, neither was Columbia when we signed to them, you know, nor Concord this, this time, you know, we've been able to, to operate the way we've, we've always felt we should. So we've been very fortunate, I think, in the way, the way we came up, but I would love to go do, you know, I don't know that we have the the kind of business mind to, like, like I've always been a fan of Frank Zappa. He's one of the first guys that started Barking Pumpkin Records, his own record thing, you know, yeah. and he he owned his whole deal, you know, which is great. Super admirable. I don't know if we have the business minds to do that. What would it be like <laughs> to own a label? Can you imagine? <laughs> I can't imagine. <laughs> hard. Well, you know, as as far as new bands who are out there and they have to do it, this this new model, if you will. And and again, uh, some people have said the, the importance of being signed is, is not what it was 30 years ago. I mean, do you have any anything you could, you know, I guess, like you said, the good business mind, if you will, to own everything you do is, is great if you got that. But, you know, if you're just out there in a band wanting to rock it, what, what would you recommend to bands, you know, who are kind of just getting their legs on, uh, you know, in 2022. Oh man, I don't even know how to, how to, how to uh, recommend anything to, to these kids coming up. You know, it's all clicks now. It's not, it's yeah, not, ex- you know, exactly. Pro- it's not physical copies of, of what you're doing, except for, <clears throat> you know, LPs are still doing well or, you know, doing better uh, than they have been. Um, people are selling LPs again, which I think is great. Yeah, important. me too. Um, artists that are succeeding are the yeah. ones that are, most able to deliver good content yeah which is i mean it's it can be good and it can be that's uh, you know it's a double-edged sword there it can be yeah. good but it can also take the focus away from the music right yeah, yeah. 
That's the only thing that bothers me is, you know, the attention span is just so much shorter than it was back in the day. I mean, you actually could spend some time with an album playing it over and over and over again. Now it's kind of like you have a song out there and three weeks later the fans are like, hey, give me more, give me more, you know, and to me... It just seems like that's what is the most difficult thing, I, I would say, for an artist, you know, at this point in time. Do you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, my friend said that his teenage daughter wanted to play him this album that she really liked. You got to check out this new album. So she played the first song for 30 seconds and then she skipped to the second song for 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah, right. and he's like, you don't even listen to a whole song anymore. Like even <laughs> three minutes is too long now. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's a new way of writing. You just write a hook and you're on to the next record, man. That- well, that's what technology is doing to the human brain. You know, you just on our phone and we are just, you know, absorbing things in 240 characters, you know, 30 right. second TikTok videos. Um, and it's changing how the human brain works, at least, you know, in, in the, the Western world. Um, it's crazy. The well, talking of society. That's yeah. exactly right. I mean, I used to, you know, we were like when we'd listen to a new song, it's like, come on, get to the damn hook, get to the hook. You know, I'm a radio guy. I want you to get get to right. the meat. Now it's kind of like, be careful what you wish for, because. I'm telling you, doing this Rock 30 countdown, it's like most songs that are being released right now, it's it's like, you know, I try to fill, you know, 10 songs per hour with my guest and maybe play an extra or something like that. But it's like I'm having to talk a lot more just because the songs are shorter. And maybe that's has something to do, again, with just people's mentality of, you know, give me more and, and make it faster, I guess. I don't know. Right. But uh, anyway, let's talk about the uh, the new single Behind Your Walls uh, just came out and we've been playing that for a couple of weeks. Uh, so let's talk about that track and set it up before we play it today. Great. Yeah, that's a song that we wrote for our last record, of course. And, uh, you know, if I had to describe the song, I think it has to do with mental illness and uh, a topic which has really has been shied away from. Uh, and it's really becoming more openly spoken about now. And I think that's great. And it's something that I, I wanted to help contribute to the conversation uh in that way um the the character in the song is trying to reach someone who's in a bad place trying to kind of bring him back from the brink so to speak and i think it's it's important for people to know that they're not alone i guess yeah there's always been so much stigma around depression and and mental illness and starting to realize it's it's a lot more common and and a lot of the stigmas are just kind of stereotypical and 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 wrong um, anyone can can suffer from depression it can, and it can be anybody in your family. And and this song is kind of like, how do you reach somebody that is kind of, you know, suffering from that? And, and maybe they're they're kind of in this alienated, dark place. How do you reach out and, and pull them back and, and establish, uh, you know, that human connection that I think everybody needs? And I think, you know, uh, just t- putting musicians in into that category of dealing with mental illness. I mean, if there was ever something that could throw you there is... First of all, you're away from your loved ones all the time. You're on the road. You're tired. You're getting pulled in every direction. I mean, maybe you guys yourself have, have gone through some of that, maybe not as intense as some others. But, I mean, is is that another reason by writing this song as well? Because musicians just seem like they're just a target that could easily fall into this. Yeah, geez, I never realized we're actually really depressed. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're right. You're right. We're on the road all the time. We're yeah, alone. yeah. We drink yeah. through it. We, we drink, yeah, yeah, drink yeah. through it. Yes. Unfortunately, well, and that's the other thing you know, uh, with mental illness also becomes, you know, chemical dependency. And, yeah. and we've been fortunate that we've been able to pump the brakes whenever, like, whenever I feel like I'm drinking too much, I'll take some time off. That's right. that's the one thing we do. We never really got into drugs, but you see it. And, and you know, I know what it's like to, to sink into depression. It's happened to me in my, in my life. Fortunately, it's never been 
too serious, but we have had friends and, and people in this industry, you know, it's not uncommon at all that the people fall victim to that, both mm-hmm. the, the depression and, and the chemical dependency that, that sometimes accompanies that. I mean, yeah. you know, there's a number of stories, you know, people we've known, people we've met, you know, and it's every time it's just it's sad and it's heartbreaking. It sure is. Uh, I'm glad to see that uh, you bought the. Uh, you're bringing the band Radkey out with you. Uh, I interviewed those guys. I didn't know much about them about three years ago, and I just kind of fell in love with the guys. They're just great attitude, and I love their music. So, I mean, do you have a history with them, or this is just something that kind of worked out for them to be on tour with you? I, I got hip to them probably about five or six years ago. Okay. Um, and I just I just love th- their music. Yeah. Um, I've we've never met them. Um. But I'm very excited to to finally go out and and do some shows with them. Yeah, they, uh, you know, young band, very energetic, just a great sound, great songs. So looking forward to it. I think it's going to be an instant bond because that's that's totally the way it was for me. I didn't know much more than just the music I heard. And when I met him, I was like, wow, these are just you know super kids, man. So that's yeah, going to be a great cool. tour. Uh, to wrap it up today, uh, like I said, we uh, with all these short songs I have to play, we have time to play some extras besides the singles, if you will. So since I have both of you on today, um, maybe pick uh, an, an Offspring song new from the album and maybe the other Go back into your library and, and pick one of those that we can play today. And maybe tell me why you chose it. Okay. Well, since Behind Your Walls is a little bit more straightforward rock, how about This Is Not Utopia, which is a little bit more energy, a little bit more, you know, high energy, a little, bit, a little more punk aggression to it. And yeah. and really fits in with the, the world that we see today. This is not utopia. I mean, it's right. just, yeah. Kind of describes so where we're at. Yeah. It yeah. yeah. Um, and then what do you, what do you want to do? An old one. An old one. Well, there's this little known song that we've done. It doesn't get a lot of attention, but it was called The Kids Aren't All Right. Oh, you know? yeah. <laughs> that little song. And I really, I think it got overlooked, actually. Yeah. I was thinking maybe. <laughs> okay. Do you want to yeah. go with that one? Sure. It's one of my favorite songs. <laughs> I and, think uh, it's great. It's obviously not as overlooked as you'd like to pretend it is. <laughs> it's yeah. going to get its due. And it's, it's got a great his... guitar solo in it. So. Uh, yes. It's great. Yeah. Great it's guitar. To my own horn. Great solo. Back to uh, Utopia. And I wasn't really going to go there, but since you did mention that song, uh, you know, Ukraine, Russia, I mean, this is not utopia. You're right, man. I mean, this. I was just talking about the world we were in a year ago. Had it got better? It seems like things, you know, sometimes are only getting worse. I mean, you have any opinion or anything you'd like to share with what's going on over there? In terms of that song, it's really we, we saw a lot of unrest happening just worldwide over the last few years. And, and, and it was really it was either pro or anti, anti-democratic forces uh, causing problems. The, the pro well, the pro-democratic forces are just protesting. Right. The anti-democratic forces are the ones that are causing the problems, whether it's the Chinese government in Hong Kong or Vladimir Putin, uh, you know, throwing people in jail because they're protesting. Right. Uh, here in this country, you had people kind of. Uh, protesting against democracy on January 6th, you know, there was an election. It was a free and fair election and people didn't like the outcome. So they protested that by rioting in our capital. Yeah. Um, I think with the Ukraine thing, the reason why Putin invaded Ukraine is because it was a, just a, a burgeoning uh, democracy, you know, that threatened his power. Ukraine was not a threat to the Russian people at all. The, but the, that democracy that was starting to bloom in that country was certainly a threat to to Putin's power. And and so he invaded them. Yeah, uh, it's awful. And, and you know, I, I think we, we believe in that the people should have a say in, 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 you know, in who rules the world. 
And that's just democracy, fair and, and, and simple. And we support democracies. I've heard so many people try to explain what's going on over there, Noodles. And I, I, I have to be honest with you. I think that was the best <laughs> description or and, and to explain what the hell's really going on. So you're locked in, man. So thank you for yeah. that. <laughs> He's a pundit, well, a, real, a real pundit over here. He, he is. He is. Uh, talking, need... Just another talking head. But, <laughs> but thank you. I appreciate that. For sure, man. Well, thank you guys for being on and uh, definitely get uh, the, the album if you haven't already. It's amazing. And uh, we'll keep playing it, keep supporting it. And, and good luck with the tour out there. And I think you're going to have a blast meeting those guys from Radke. It was great seeing you again. Thank yeah. you very much. For sure, guys. Take care and have a great weekend. See you Thank soon. Thank you.